it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hawkeye fans, get ready. It's time for the Hawkeye Nation radio show, powered by the Polk County iClub on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 AM and now 106.3 FM, KXNO. It's the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. I'm Trent Condon and... Joined by the head of the Polk County Eye Club and the proprietor of HawkeyeNation.com. He is Joe Schmelka. Joe, as always, good catching up with you. Good to see you and you and me here for the next hour talking Hawkeyes. Love that, buddy. Love it. It's great to be back in the studio. Uh, I've been busy with some other things, so uh, I'm very happy. I turned the radio show, for the most part, over to you and uh, Andrew, and you guys are just doing a great job with it. Lots of enthusiasm, and who knew we'd get off to such a great start this year, right? 2-0, wow. ranked fifth in the country for the first time in September. Kirk Ferentz has a top-five ranked team. It's something that, of course, we've seen towards the end of seasons. We've seen top-ten rankings, but nothing like this before. It's uncharted territory, and in a season where this summer, one of my big conversation pieces, boy, wouldn't it be great if you could open, open up with Kent State, then Colorado State, then get the Indiana and Iowa State games in there. <laughs> well, now I'm not trading for anything because they're 2-0. and Now a chance to maybe get that offense right. And not just 2-0, and but 34-6 to and 27-17 to at Iowa State. I mean, those are two nice wins. I mean, they, they look really good. But you're dead on. Um, let's talk a little bit about expectations. We were talking about that right before the show started. Mm-hmm. You know, now all of a sudden everybody's got us rocking and rolling and everything's going to be great. And, you know, I want to thank that. And certainly our offense, like you just said, can improve dramatically. But I don't think we can count on getting four or five turnovers. Right. You know, every single game, game. And keeping that margin every game. That'd be nice. But, you know, the offense is going to have to step up and play a little better. They have played against two of probably the better defenses that mm-hmm. they'll play during the season. Those were those were not Kent State, Colorado State-type defenses. I mean, they are good defenses that we played. So let's give our offense a little bit of a break. Another key thing I think there, too, shot. I think we need him back. Yeah. I think if we start running the ball better, then uh, Spencer Petrus, he looks a lot better, too. It makes it a lot easier when a quarterback's got a good running game. He's obviously a lot better passing quarterback, right, because he can't stop everything. But, yeah, number five in the country, buddy. That <laughs> is uh, – Outstanding. Let's temper our expectations. Yeah. It's only two games, but wow, what a great way to start the season. Yeah, there's a ton in front of them still, and the expectations for me coming into the year, I just truly believe that I really liked everything about this team. I liked the way that they were built. I figured out that, yeah, they're going to figure it out up front with the defensive line. My question was the quarterback, and it's still the quarterback today, even after the 2-0 and start. But before we dive a little bit deeper into things, 
let's go back to just a beautiful Saturday. <laughs> it is. Let's relive it here, Joe, because uh, yes. that one was the expectations for Iowa State all summer long. I had to talk about it here on my radio show and going through as a Hawkeye fan. But the one thing I warned them about, and it kind of goes hand in hand here with Hawkeye fans listening to it, is those expectations. Yep. doesn't matter if you're Iowa or Iowa State or even Wisconsin, a program like that. To have those kind of expectations, to have the kind of breaks that you have to get to get to a 10-11 win season, it's not easy. It's it's difficult enough for the Ohio States of the world. We're on a different playing field here. And just to think that there's some birthright. And Hawkeye fans right now, oh yeah, we got the West wrapped up. It's all good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You got to pump the brakes on those expectations. And that was Iowa State. They have game day there. Then they got Lee Corso trolling them. <laughs> bringing the trophy out on the set there at the end of the show. Yeah. You got Ashton Kutcher doing his thing. It was just, it was this confluence of events. And as a Hawkeye fan, I had a smile ear to ear. Yeah. You know, the guys like Randy Peterson, mm-hmm. they, they built this team up. They overhyped it way too much. I mean, there's so many unknowns going into a season. There's injuries. There's mm-hmm. uh, a hundred other things. And, and yeah, their offensive line is a veteran offensive line. But they've never been a very good offensive line um, in, in reality, and, and, and I still don't think they're that good of an offensive line. Um, so, yeah, a, a lot of question marks still there. Um, they did play great defense, but they yeah. continue to make the mistakes. And, and Brock Purdy's made a lot of those same mistakes in a lot of games, and, and he continued to. I was watching a tape yesterday. You know, one thing that I think our guys are really cued in on Purdy's a little shorter. Mm-hmm. Drew Brees kind of uh, of height, which you know certainly can be very, very successful. They kept him in the pocket for the most part. I don't understand why Iowa State didn't roll him out and do some things. Right. That's a whole other topic of discussion. But um, they kept him in the pocket. We tipped a lot of balls. I mean, get those hands up, down, get yeah. those hands up, uh, get the hands up in front of the receivers, everything, and just a lot of different things went into winning this game. And uh, yeah, Iowa State. Hawkeye fans, learn from that. Right, Let's yes. not get crazy yet, okay? This is going to be some bumps in the road. There's going to be some fun. We're positioned to do something great. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it, and I and I truly, truly hope we do. But we're not some dominant. We're not. We're not a dominant team like we were in say 2002, right? With the running game that we had, and and just you know stars, NFL type players all over the place. This team's got a lot of talent, uh, a lot of young talent, offensive line. Got a lot of work to do there, I think, still. And even our defensive line. Um, they made some nice plays and they did some things. But uh, still a lot of work to do here yet. You bring up that 2002 team. They were hair on fire to beat Purdue. Needed not just oh. the touchdown inside of a minute from Dallas Clark, but a 95-yarder from Dallas Clark earlier in that football game. Blocked Purdue, field goal. But yes, but don't ran that, that back. Ran back for a touchdown there. And then even after that, Purdue gets the ball back. They're driving down the field. And Adolphus Shelton, who my buddy who... For our podcast listeners, our Degenerate yeah. Hawkeyes podcast, he told me at the time his firstborn son was going to be named Adolphus. He named him Bodie. He lied to me. He <laughs> lied to me after that one. But you had that game, the Penn State game. They blew the big lead in that yeah. one, won it in overtime. That could have gone the other way. You go through that season, you remember 11-1, but you don't remember how you get there. And I think you're going to see a lot of those types of games, even 2015, a lot of breaks go your way. In order to get to that level, that's what you got to get. Penn State's still on the schedule. Wisconsin's still on the schedule. And that Maryland game, after these next two, Friday night, short week, offense that can move the football. Long trip out there. Yeah, and you got Penn State looming the week after, maybe a little look-pass look factor. There's a lot that makes that one nervous. But we got two weeks before we got to worry about that one, Joe. 
Of the next two games, though, this one to me is the more difficult. Colorado State is brutal. They are an yeah. awful football team. Kent State can move the football. They got a very optimistic uh, defense that has leads the country in interceptions right now. So, yes, I was favored by over three touchdowns. They should win this football game. But I'm not going to be jaw on the floor shocked if it's all of a sudden 21-17 in the third quarter. This team can move the football a little bit. Yep, I think so too. And, and I keep talking about that in the next segments and stuff. But, you know, as you look back and how we're winning the games right now, um, you know, obviously with defense, obviously with turnovers, and then our punter, is just extraordinary, and we got a heck of a field goal kicker, too. I mean, that kid walked in there, Cyclone Stadium, crowd going crazy, nails a 51-yarder after Petrus made a bad decision on mm-hmm. third down and got sacked. I think that happened a couple of times. So, you know, there, there's a lot of good things going right now. Hey, we're 2-0, and like we said, and uh, I love everything I'm, I'm seeing. Uh, I want shot back. I want to see how our running game improves from there. Um, I think that's one area you really got to work on. Uh, defensive line, better than I would have thought. Oh, yeah. I mean, the names are not there, but, uh, you know, we, we're, we're putting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, we're making plays, like we said. They didn't run the ball very well against no. us. Um, we got great linebackers. Holy cow. That play by Justin Jacobs, that he forces oh. the fumble of Brees Hall. First of all, Chase Allen, if he's going to play in the NFL, it's going to be as a blocking tight end. He's not a guy that's going to be there. and you know, He's not Travis Kelsey. It's going to be that big body out there. Dude, 6'7", 245 pounds. He is a big, big man. Jacobs, the way that he comes in initially, thrusts into him, gets underneath the shoulder pads. Then after Allen gets a hold of him, he's able to fight him off, get to the ball carrier, and then knock the ball loose. It was the embodiment of everything we've heard about Jacobs. There's a reason the Buckeyes came calling late in the recruiting process for him. The dude is an absolute stud. Seth Benson with the interception. He played at a really high level, I thought. And, of course, we know we're going to get a Campbell. Though, one nitpick of Campbell on that long pass at the end of the first half. Got to get a little more depth there. That's the only thing. So we, we got one negative on the defense here on a full day. Not too bad out of the D. Well, I think two things happened on that play. I don't know why he didn't jump. Maybe the ball just got yeah. past him. But he didn't jump really for the ball because he looked, certainly looked like he could have tipped it. And then Kerner was running the wrong way. Yeah. He was going over to try and intercept the pass, and it was a crossing route and somewhere or another, you know. But other than that. Yeah, and that's uh, what I mean, we're doing there here. really weren't very many big plays till the, you know, at the end, oh, yeah, we kind of gave up a junk touchdown there, and it got a little tighter than, than some of us would have wanted. But, uh, no, it was all in all, uh, it couldn't have been happier. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I sat down to watch the game, we are down in the Ozarks, and I sat down with a friend of mine to watch the game, and he goes, wouldn't it be nice to go into their place and just pop their balloon and just ruin their party right at right in their stadium, their home stadium. And I said, yeah, it would. Let's hope. Yeah. And then we sat there and watched it for the next three hours unfold. And uh, what, what a great day. It, it was. was. Just, it was just a ton of fun. That, that's what you live for mm-hmm. are, are those situations and games like that. So it that's was fun. what makes time. the rivalry kind of component of it what it is, is those kind of victories and being able to go in there and just completely deflate them and having the stadium emptying out. As the third quarter is coming to a conclusion, it was it was sheer domination out of that Hawkeye defense. Mention the quarterback. We both brought that up, so let's get into Spencer right now. Spencer Petrus, look at the overall numbers, not wowing, but the second quarter that he played, I think those are the times that the coaching staff sees that a lot in practice because that guy in the second quarter, he stood in, and it wasn't just making throws with a good pocket. That's a big part of it. He's got to have confidence. You can see that from him. But he was going to take a hit. He was going to take one under the chin. He knew that. And he delivered an absolute strike over the middle. Arm talent's always there. 
Got to be better. Pocket presence needs to improve. But you can at least see those glimpses again that happened during the second quarter of the game. Yeah, he. I mean, he, he's just inconsistent. That's probably the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And like I said, he didn't have a running game. I mean, he had very, very little uh, running game. They couldn't really rely on it. Um, he was throwing a lot on on first and ten. And I thought Herb Street made some good points there. Hey, uh, you know, makes it nicer, a little easier, whatever, a little more comfortable, and you <laughs> can see him get comfortable. That's Brian Ferentz and Ken O'Keefe knowing their quarterback, knowing their players, and uh, and, and making and making putting them in positions to make some plays. There's a ton of talent on yeah. this team. The wide receiver, we didn't see Tracy. I mean, right. Tracy caught one ball, I think, maybe two. Um, you know, so th- th- there's just so much there. But to know that you can play really solid defense, uh, to know that uh, we got a punter and a great kicking game, you know, that's two of the three components of, mm-hmm. of a really good football team right there. And there's a lot of talent on the offensive side. They just haven't had to do much of anything. And that's a piece, too. That's a part of it, too. It, yeah. You, know, you get ahead that far. Kirk's not going to be running any, you know, great play, this kind of thing or that kind of thing. Or you didn't have to show anything. It's right. beautiful. It's a beautiful thing that we're not we're not showing all these cool plays for Tyrone Tracy. And, and we didn't run any reverses. And we didn't do any of the fancy stuff, right? We just just basically took the air out of the ball so, and won the game with our defense and our kicking game. We saw Wildcat. Didn't work very well. Petrus was out there when they run well. You got to take Spencer off the field when when you're doing that because <laughs> the reason you run Wildcat, the reason that you do that kind of formation is because you're going to basically get an extra blocker in there. At least you keep your quarterback in the game as a wide receiver. They don't have to guard him. You know, they just have to have somebody kind of over near him, and it's yeah. going to be okay. So if you're going to do that, do the reason that you do the Wildcat and have the extra blocker out there. You have to have head that direction. I'm just waiting because we have heard Tyler Goodson can throw the ball. You look at his high school film. He played Wildcat quarterback. He yeah. threw a couple of bombs out of there. They saving that for Penn State? We'll see. Wisconsin? They'll, they got to be saving it for something, right? And I think the other thing, too, is if you've noticed, I don't think he's handed off yet either. He right. does the Wildcat, and mm-hmm. he either runs right or he runs left. And I think at some point he, he just needs to hand the ball off so everybody can see, like, okay, he's going to hand he will it do off. It. So when they see the Wildcat, you know, they're, they're kind of like, okay, there's there's multiple options here. There's a lot of things that could happen. They're gonna they're gonna do something out of that at some point. There's gonna be something more that's gonna come yeah. from it. But but like I said, I, I want to see our run offense once mm-hmm. we once we've got shot in there because I think he's a he's one of if not our best run blocker yeah. behind Lindebaum, and uh, I think you put those two right there together, sixty four and sixty five, on that same line together. Um, I think you got something going on, and and I think that will take some of the pressure then off of off of Petrus and the, and the receiving game, and all of a sudden you got some real good things that can happen. You know, to open up the offense a little bit more, certainly Laporta's got a couple of drops here the first couple of weeks. He's got to be more yes. consistent. Yeah, that's true. Lachey, I like what they see him, but look at the wide receivers. All right, you got Tyrone Tracy, he's 5'11". Yeah. Nico Rogani, maybe six foot. Charlie Jones, who played really well, six foot. Let's see some small, Keegan Johnson. Quick. They're small, yeah. quick. Yeah. You need a bigger guy, though, out there. I think you need somebody, you need that 6'2 guy, and that's Keegan Johnson, the freshman from Omaha, that's something I think that can be unleashed too. And Kirk, we know he's very slow to play freshman, but in this circumstance and with what's in front of them, they're not going to be able to win every game 17-13. There's going to be a night, a day, where they're going to have to score 24, 27, 31 points to win it. In order to do that, you need more out of the passing game. You need more out of the wide receivers. And I think Johnson's a guy that can provide at least a little bit more for you. Yeah, we can't always anticipate that we're going to play play with the lead. Yeah. And and uh, you know, we're going to get behind. 
Something's going to happen. There's going to be turnovers. Yeah. You know, we're going to turn the ball over at some point in time. We're it's not going to be a goose egg all year. We're going to turn it over two, three, four times. And and you got to be able to, to fight back from there. But so far, we haven't had to do that. And, you know, Spencer looked good last five, six games mm-hmm. of the season last year. I mean, he had some he had some nice games, great games. No. He's a guy who doesn't get, doesn't beat you, typically. He right. may not always win the game for you, but he doesn't he doesn't beat you. You know, Brock Purdy, he'll get you beat sometimes. He yeah. might win the game for you, but he'll go the other side of the spectrum, and he'll get you beat sometimes, too. And I think that's kind of what happened on Saturday. Well, it was a fun one for all Hawkeye fans. You mentioned Torrey Taylor. Oh. And uh, I don't know if you read uh, Kirk's transcript from his press conference or yeah, heard. I did, yep. And you could see, I mean, it, it was... What is it? Uh, Brett Bielema, when he was in Arkansas, he's talking about beating Texas and called it borderline erotica. I mean, that that's Kirk Ferentz having a great putter like that. <laughs> Kirk having a putter, he's just got to be smiling ear to ear, knowing that, you know what? I got the best punter in the country. Let's play the punting game. Let's play field position because I'm going to beat you. Well, he's not only got the best punter, but I think he's got one of the best return guys. Yes. And every time there's an exchange of punts, I can't remember what the total yardage was, but there's 120, 140 yards of difference. In that game. That's mm-hmm. huge. Yes. I mean, that is. That, Cyclone that, fans have loved this week to bring up total yardage. Oh, yeah. Return sure. yardage should then also be a part of it. Yep. If you're going to play that game, there's more than just offensive total offense when you're talking about yardage totals there. That's total still a component yards. of the game. It's total It's it, it, it's total yards. It's turnovers. It's a lot of variables to it. You know, so. if you just take away those four turnovers, though, oh, I've been told. You just, well, yeah. I was only the best team in the country the last five years of forcing turnovers. Maybe that has something to do with it. Might be something with their scheme. Might be something Phil Parker, the wizard, what he does. Yeah, the other team has scholarship players, too. Hate to break it to the Cyclone fans out there yeah, about that. Sure. Joe, we're going to take a quick timeout when we come back on the other side. A lot more. Get ready for Kent State this week. And something pretty cool that you also have for us, Joe. We'll get into that as we continue. It's the Hawkeye Nation radio show here on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Also, Hawkeye great Chuck Long talking football with us. Stay right there. Back with more in a moment. Welcome back once again to the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Trent Con and Joe Schmelka with you here as we talk Hawkeye football, getting ready for Kent State. 2.30 kickoff for that one. BTN will have the coverage. And Joe, before we get into Kent State, we also got Chuck Long coming up here in just a little bit. Pretty cool moment for you and your family happening on the field. Fill us in on the details as the people making their way to Kinnick, what they can see. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be a fun day for us on, uh, on Saturday. I've got my dad. He's 94 years old, and uh, he is a World War II veteran. And so he's coming over. They do a, if you've been to the football games, they do a military hero uh, uh, recognition uh, during the game. I think it's a big thing with Kirk. Uh, he's, he's big into uh, uh, veterans and, and military and things like that. So anyway, um, they're going to do that third TV timeout of the first period. Okay. And I'll have my, my dad down on the field, and uh, he trots on out there and uh, – <laughs> You know, he'll wave to everybody and stuff like that. 94, I, I, I tried to get him. I said, well, you know, I said, you're going to have to walk around an awful lot before the game, Dad. I said, maybe we should, you know, think about using a wheelchair or something. He, he uses a cane, but he's pretty darn good shape, walks, lives by himself the whole bit, and uh, cooks all his own meals and handles all of his finances. He's amazing for his age. And uh, anyway, he said, no, there'll be no wheelchair. 
He, he said, <laughs> I got my cane. I'll walk right out on that field. Don't you worry about me. So going to be kind of going to be a really cool, really cool thing. That's me. awesome. So how does that come to fruition? Is it something where you yeah. obviously have some connections there? Did you make a, a phone no, call or? It was, no, it's uh, basically there's a nominating process. Okay. Um, I actually talked to somebody about it last year and uh, you, anybody can go on there and nominate. I think you go to Learfield Sports oh, okay. along those lines. There's a website and uh, you fill it out and you nominate them and you give a list of, you know, what their military career was. He was you know, obviously in World War II and and uh, uh, served in the Philippines and then in Korea a little bit. And, uh, you know, 18 years old. Can yeah. you imagine being on a, a warship going from San Francisco to the Philippines? No, not at um, all. Grew up in, uh, he grew up in Sioux City. And, uh, man, that was, you know, that would be wild and crazy times for sure. But that's all you do. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you fill it out, and uh, then they give you a call, and they talk to you a little bit about it. And uh, like I told him, I said, I, I'm not sure how much competition you had this year. You know that every year the competition dwindles just a little yeah. bit, Dad. So uh, uh, they had a guy uh, uh, the first week, same thing. You know, I think he was World War II veteran too, and great guy. That's so awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. So, so yeah, first quarter of the game, uh, it'll be it'll be a special moment. For well, us. looking forward to that, and yeah. looking forward uh, to everything. And congratulations to him and your whole yeah. family. Just a great great moment there, and love what the University of Iowa yeah. the football program does as it supports the military. And like you said, this is something that you can tell is just, it's important to Kirk. It is. It's something that he wants to be also a piece of the program. Yeah. And, and you know, what a first quarter, right? You're going to do this. You're going to honor a military veteran. And then you turn around at the end of the first quarter and you got the whole 70,000 people waving up at the kids yeah. in the hospital. Right. I mean, it, 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 going to Kinnick stadium, if you haven't been to a game for a few years or you don't go to games very often, you think you like to watch it on TV I'm telling you, it's so much better in person. Get over there for at least a game or two a year, Hawkeye fan. The Indiana game, it was incredible. Not being there, missing all of 2020 as all of us had to, and just walking in for the first time, and then also being able to buy a beer for the first time yeah. and yeah. actually be drinking kind of legally inside a Kinnick yeah. and I don't yeah. have it hidden between my legs or anything like that. Yeah. Oh, boy, that felt great. It was. Yeah. It, and it's just part of the fan experience, like yeah. Gary said. So it's uh, it, it's a good deal. Uh, a day at Kinnick Stadium. Is is just an awesome time, and then we went downtown. Both of our kids are, uh, Lisa and my uh, Lisa's daughter and uh, and my son are both uh, uh, freshmen at the University of Iowa, and uh, you know take your kids out for lunch or dinner afterward. Hit the airliner. Mm-hmm. I mean, Iowa City's a great time. Just a ton of fun over there. So spend a day. Get over to Iowa City. Football game, basketball game, wrestling meet, whatever. Saw the wrestling schedule came out. Penn State will be on the schedule and. Carver, when single game, uh, single meet t- tickets go on sale, that one's going to be gobbled up, I think, pretty quickly. <laughs> going to see a full house there with 15,000-plus in Carver when Penn State comes to town. Well, not only that, but, uh, Joe, also a little bit more here with the Polk County iClub. Tell us a little bit about what you guys have going on here as we yeah. make our way deeper into fall. We will have uh, our uh, winter sports luncheon coming up sometime probably the end of October, early uh, November. Haven't uh, heard the final information on that yet, but we're hopeful. With the pandemic and everything, we'll get to get, have that again. That's when uh, Coach McCaffrey, Coach Bluter, and uh, uh, Brands all come over and uh, have lunch with us mm-hmm. uh, at a certain location. We'll get the, all that information out to you. But all Hawkeye fans are invited. Don't have to be an iClub member. Wish you were, but all Hawkeye fans are invited to that event. So that'll be coming up. We'll get more information on that. Always go to our website, polkiclub.com, and uh, you can check that out. 
If you're looking for a good place to watch the football game, if you're not going over to Kinnick Stadium, highly encourage you to run over to the front row. Mm-hmm. Great time over there. That place is 100% Hawkeyes, okay? Uh, everything in the world. It's like a museum, and it's a big place. They'll have some food. Clay Cook and his gang will take care of you. So go over to the front row. We'll be doing some game watches over there mm-hmm. this year. Uh, we're going to have a uh, cornhole bags game toss uh, contest one day as well. So Polk County Eye Club, a lot of fun. Uh, uh, it's it, it's a good time. Go to polkeyeclub.com if you're thinking about joining and want any information. Polkeyeclub.com. And in terms of joining, or for people, you don't have to be an alum. You nope. don't even have to go to Iowa. Just a fan. Just, just, a fan. just a fan. So people, easiest way, just go to the website if they want to get signed up and find out kind of everything that you guys do. Yeah, go to the website or you can go to straight to join the iClub. Dot com. Easy Join enough. theiclub.com, and it's only $50 a year. Donation wow. to the University of Iowa Athletics, $50 a year, and you're a national iClub member. And then the Polk County iClub is just your local uh, meeting group. No extra fees or anything like that. Great way to network. A lot of fun people. A lot of good stuff going on. With that, time to shift our focus a little bit. Learn a little bit more about football. He was a Hawkeye All-American runner-up for the Heisman Trophy. First-round draft pick, he is Chuck Long. Chuck, as always, great catching up with you. It's been a while for you and me. I know you and Joe, you guys converse all the time. But good catching up with you again, Chuck. How are things? Uh, Great, Trent. Great, Joe. Uh, Things are going well. It's uh, Summer's fading fast, obviously, with football starting. And it's exciting the football is finally starting. And it, it feels like, you know, a few years ago, a couple of years ago. So, yeah, it's so good with the Hawkeyes, too. It's so dynamite to be back in Kinnick Stadium. Uh, you, you, you take certain things for granted, right? Sometimes I go, oh, do I really want to drive all the way over there and go to the football game? And, you know, yak, yak, yak. And then all of a sudden it's taken away for a year. And right. to come back against Indiana and that, that first uh, pick six. I mean, right in front of us down there, we're in that Kinnick Edge mm-hmm. area. And, I mean, you know, friends and I, we're all, we got a group of eight of us, I think, sitting there, and we all look at each other just like, this is what you live for, man. I mean, this is why you go to work every day. This is, these are the things that you really enjoy in life. So, so it's been good. It's been good. So why don't you talk to us a little bit about, uh, you know, how we've kind of gone from the hunter, if you will, right, uh, and now all of a sudden, being fifth ranked in the country, we're the hunted. What's it? What's it like? How does that? How does that whole? How does that whole thing change uh, from a football team? And what do you? What do you think Kirk and the gang got to do to to remain successful throughout the rest well, of the year? Yeah, it's a young team still. I mean, there's some youth on the offensive line. There's youth on the defensive line, and and yeah, we're off to a splash right now with a two and zero start against two good football teams it's just now like you said joe the challenge is we you know i was the hunted now so everybody hey you beat iowa you get a feather in your cap it's a big win so you know upset alert all the time for iowa now it's just a different mindset the way he stays grounded he'll you know he has a very Good temperament in terms of keeping a team ground, you know, playing in their favor. But he's been around long enough to know that working to keep their, you know, the old nose to the grindstone adage, but more so than ever before. The other thing they, they have to do is keep those players away from the media as much, much <laughs> as possible. What, what yeah. I mean by that, what I mean by that, I don't mean as far as no interviews or anything, but 
just don't read the press clippings. Don't read all the accolades. You know, put all that stuff in a scrap box. Put all those recordings in a in a in a you know in a file somewhere, and you can read all about that and listen to all those at the end of the year. They still have to do their interviews. That's part of the game, and and you know, uh, and that's that's really an exciting part when you have more media coverage, some more social media coverage. It it only enhances recruiting and all those little things that you need to you know to to help get recruits in, but. As far as the players themselves, don't let them listen to their own interviews, so to speak. You know, just do the interview, hey, you know, talk to the reporter, and, and then let the coaches, uh, you know, put it all in the scrapbook for the end of the year. That's really the best way to do it. You know, this is the first Iowa team ranked in the top five since 1985. Chuck, you remember that team just a little bit, I'm sure. So uh, <laughs> you, you talked about, yeah, you're going to have a target on your back, but just to think of this program and the great success that they've had during these decades since 1985, yet to be in this rarefied era that they haven't been since that team, Chuck. Take us through, not just being a ranked team, but being a highly ranked team. How different is that as a player, knowing that you're probably going to get everybody's best shot every week? Yeah, they, you know, we, we, hit, we hit number one pretty early in the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was Almost too early, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's what I sense right now is, whoa, man, we're you know number five. Right? That's that's awful early. And th- this team has a younger team is a younger team than what we were. Uh, you know, we had a veteran team, especially offensively. You know, we had a lot of maturity. Um, this team seems to have great maturity, but they're still young in many areas across the board, including. Their quarterback, Spencer Petras. So, um, I just think you got to be, you know, when it, when it comes too early, be careful. And it just happened the same thing for us. We had, you know, we, we were number one after, right before the Michigan State game, and Michigan State almost uh, almost beat us. So, it's just it's the challenge for Kirk and the staff will be all mental from here on out, and just to make sure those guys are ready to play and and. Uh, and keeping a young team hungry. The one thing about being a young team that you can play to your advantage is they are hungry. You know, they're still hungry and and still have a lot to prove, and that, that could be an edge that they have moving forward. What do you uh, what do you think? We, we were talking about the run game and, and how, you know, as a quarterback, if you've got a good running attack, that always uh, opens up yeah. things for the passing game, right? Makes you makes you sometimes look look like a, a just play better quarterback position. What about uh, I, I think that uh, once we get Tyler shot back, it sounds like he's practicing again. Everything yep. I hear is he's more of a veteran. He's he started a lot of games and he's probably our our best run blocker behind uh, Lindenbaum, I suppose. So, what do you what do you think? He, I'm thinking that's going to have a real impact on the on uh, both our running game uh, as well as as hopefully Spencer uh, becoming a little more comfortable and having some of those easier, you know, second and fours versus second and eights and nines? What do you think? Um, I think with the run game, it's just more than getting players. Uh, you know, they need, number one, they need a receiver that can take the top off the coverage to stretch the defense. I don't see one right now um, with the receiving core. I don't see this receiving core uh, quite as good as last year's right now. So I think they're struggling to find that guy. That's why you're – seen a lot of crossing routes when you see crossing routes that's 
the best way to get anybody open uh, are crossing routes. So that's why you're seeing that. And until they develop a, a scary guy out there, you know, those teams start putting nine, ten guys in the box, and I don't care what, how many bodies you have in there, it's just hard to run the ball. Now, one thing they can do to offset that is, and I like to see more of the more of it. I don't see a lot of it is when they they pull a guard or they pull a tackle, they pull a tight end and add an extra hat to the from one side of the line of scrimmage to the other. And you know you get a lot of teams that are doing that when they when they can't stretch the defense or take the top off the coverage. I like to see more than just the inside and the outside zone stretch plays that they have. If they can find ways to pull those guards and tackles, now you're getting an extra hat at the point of attack. They can load the box on you, but you have you have hats on that side of the line of scrimmage if that makes sense. So it's more. schematic too and they they've struggled with this for several years now i mean it's just been really hard to manufacture uh you know a lot of run game because of those those things i think it's i think yeah it's nice to have depth and players but i'd like to see them schematically change some things change up some things and and uh moving forward i think that'll really help their run game i'd also want to see spencer more, you know, I like to see him more two back. I don't think Spencer's like a more. I don't think he's a spread type guy. I think he's a guy that that you put two backs in the backfield, so you get single coverage in the back end. You get one on one coverage on the outside, and now take those receivers and work your deep comebacks, your deep outs, your your start, your you know your stutter and goes, your go routes, your corner routes, all those sideline. Uh, stretching routes to take advantage of his big arm because he does have a big arm. I just think they need to use that more to his skill set by stretching that ball on the outside of the numbers more than what they're doing. And that, that will start to open up the run game too, because, you know, you can stress those corners out and then they have to go more cover too and put a safe, get safety help for them. And then that opens up the run game. So it all, it all goes hand in hand, guys. I'm talking like a football coach, so but you know I know I, I know schemes pretty well, and I know what you know what opens things up, and that, those are things that I see they, that they could try to do moving forward. One thing about their offense, guys, I just I've always felt the last four years, people ask me, well, "What do you think?" I said, "Well, their offense uh, is not, uh, you know, you know every year when I look at the first few games, I say I don't think their offense is good enough to win the West." Their defense is there. Uh, Phil Parker's defense had a chance, you know, with his defense, they had a chance to win the West three out of the last four years, but it didn't happen. It's just, do they have enough offense to win the Western division? Right now, after two games, they do not. It remains to be seen as the, as the, as the uh, you know, season goes forward. I'm saying right now, that doesn't mean it can't change. Uh, and, and end up being a good offense by the end of the year. I like to see more what they did last year. I thought they had enough production on offense last year to win the West. They just mismanaged the first two games, especially the second game against Northwestern. And guess who won the West? It was Northwestern, you know, uh, coming out of our game. So they had enough offense. I like to see them get back to some of those jet sweeps and those things that were. You know, a lot of fun to watch last year. 
one thing I want to go into you, Chuck, here, the quarterback possession, you mentioned Petrus and what they've done. This is, I guess, a knock that I've had in the Ken O'Keefe regime, and it pertains to pocket presence. It just feels like you see some quarterbacks, you don't have to be the most athletic guy, but understanding when to step under the pocket, sliding side to side. Tom Brady, not exactly a nimble guy, but pocket presence of what separates him from most any quarterback in the game. Can you teach that? Is that something that is teachable, just understanding how to move around inside the pocket, how to be able to step up and make those throws down the field? Well, it takes repetition. And you got to keep in mind with Spencer now, he's still behind in his quarterback development. And the reason I say that is he did not – you go back to the COVID year, his very first year starting, didn't have a spring, didn't have much of a summer, didn't have much of a, much of a fall, and there he is thrown in the fire and – you know, they threw the heck out of the ball the first two games. They just mismanaged him and, and, and the offense. And then they settled down, and, and you know, they were 0-2, and they settled down. They started running the ball with Goodson, and so Spencer can, you know, ease into it, and they won their, you know, six straight. And I, I just think they need to stay with that formula. It looks like they are. But keep in mind, fan base, that this quarterback is still behind in his development because he didn't have that first year, you know, starting, st- starting uh, uh, repetitions that I had, you know, my first year, I, I couldn't imagine, you know, going through a, a camp, uh, not having no spring and a camp my first year and then, then playing. I mean, I, I needed all the rest I can get my first year. So that's the first thing. So you got to keep that in mind with him. Uh, he's still behind and the COVID year, we really needed, you know, a four-year starter to get get us through that year. We did. We had, you know, we had a brand new quarterback. You know, that's just the way the ball bounced uh, for Iowa. But he's still behind. He still has some catching up to do. Can you teach all that stuff? Yes. In time, it's just you learn all that stuff from playing the game. He just needs to keep playing the game. You learn all those little nuances uh, that you're talking about, Trent. And and is he there yet? No. He's not one of those guys that, that, in my opinion, can read the full field yet, you know, from sideline to sideline. So just split the, the field in half for him. You t- take the field, split it in half, put all the decoys on one side of the ball and put his major reads on the other side of the ball. I've, I've coached quarterbacks of all types. I had guys that could read the full field. I had guys with great ability that could not. So I had to split the field and, and let them read out one side or the other. And I think that's where he is right now, uh, as opposed to, you know, spreading everything out and letting them loose as a, and I, and I like to see more of that, uh, you know, one side of the ball type reads with him and, you know, just put all your progressions and, and, you know, three or four re, re, uh, receivers on one side of the football, but he's just, he's not there yet just because he's behind in his development and that's no fault of his, that's no fault of anybody's. It's just the way it was with during the COVID year. Yeah. Also, uh, talk just a little bit too. I mean, I don't think he's going to see two defenses a whole lot better than he's seen. I mean, Penn State probably going to be really tough, and Northwestern's Wisconsin. always got a good defense. Wisconsin's got a good defense, but coming right out of the shoot, I mean, this is very unique situation, and and those are two really good defenses. And on and on top of that, like I've been saying to people, we got big leads. I mean, our defense was just unstoppable almost it's like right. why why even try anything too crazy I mean you're almost 
So you didn't have to try and win the game. You were just trying not to lose it, right, from an offensive perspective. Yeah, that's yeah, – yeah, I know what you're saying. You get, you get kind of conservative, but you have to be careful of that because if you start developing that mindset offensively, like, okay, well, we can go three and out because our defense is going to go in there and yeah. stuff them or get, or get the turnover. If you start to develop that or depend on that, now you get in one of those games where you're not getting the turnover. Defense is struggling a little bit because the law of averages say over the course of time, you know, everything's going to even out or your defense is, is going to have trouble doing that every single game. I mean, that's just the law of averages in football. Uh, so you, you can't develop that mindset because okay. then all of a sudden when you need the long drives and you need to score some points, your your mindset's different. It's not it's not thinking that way. It's not being aggressive. It's not being hey, let's go after it. Uh, so it's it, it's a tough mindset, Joe. I mean, it's it, you know I we've all been there in coaching and and uh, playing and but it, don't depend on that. You still gotta do your job. And you still gotta be diligent about moving that ball forward. Good stuff. Hey Chuck, appreciate your time so much. Been fun catching up, learning more about the quarterback position, Hawkeyes offense, and a, and a whole. Uh, anything out there? You want to plug anything? What do you got going on right now, Chuck? Yeah, plug that adaptive sports, buddy. Uh, right, now, right now, it's just watching football. You know, <laughs> I'm, 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 I uh, run the Iowa Sports Foundation, which we just finished up summer games. We had about 10,000 participants. That went really well and wow. safe for the most part. Uh, but we're in, a, we're in a, a kind of a downtime right now, a little slow time. Get, we're going to gear up for – Winter Games and a Live Healthy Iowa Challenge, which is uh, in January. So that's our next gig. All right. Well, good luck with it all. You did a great job with the uh, golf tournament, and it's a lot of fun talking to you, buddy. Take care. Be safe. All right. Thanks, guys. Chuck Long joining us here, the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Quick timeout. Back with more on the other side as we continue taking you up until 8 o'clock. It's Hawkeye Nation radio on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Continue here on the Hawkeye Nation radio show. Trent Condon and Joe Schmelka talking Hawkeye football and getting ready for Kent State 230 kickoff in Kinnick Stadium. The golden flashes come to town. No James Harrison, no Julian Edelman, no Jack Lambert going old school there. No Nick Saban. He also went to Kent State. Quite the alumni base that they have there. Team can move the football, though. They averaged over 600 yards a game in that limited conference schedule they played a year ago. They can move the football here, and... It's a completely different look than Iowa has seen the last two weeks. It's going to be a team that is built a lot differently. Good thing is also built differently defensively. But that offense can move the ball. So uh, any concerns at all for you, Joe? Well, you always have concerns. I mean, you got 19, 20, 21-year-old kids, and they're playing a football game, and they've just come out of a very, very emotional, hostile environment, (laughs) won a huge game. Uh, First time they played – First two games they played in front of fans again, right? Right. And uh, you, you, you know, at some point during the season, there's going to be a little bit of a letdown. There's going to be something going on. Uh, once again, going to be really hot. Sounds like going to be up in the 90s, and uh, that's unique a little bit. But we should that should help us, I would think. We've got some depth and and some different things. But 
You got to play your game. You can't get sloppy. Um, you don't necessarily win or lose the game on Saturday. You you, you got to practice hard, and hopefully they have seen, you know, what a great week of practice brings. And I heard they had a great week of practice for the Iowa State game, mm-hmm. and I heard they had a great week of practice before the Indiana game. And obviously they played very, very well. So it sounds like there's a really good group of veterans on this team. Yeah. And then there's an incredibly talented group. You mentioned Juan Jacobs mm-hmm. and a few other guys that are younger. And uh, the younger guys have, are, are really bringing some speed and, and, uh, and a lot of different things. And the combination of the two has created a pretty darn sweet team right now. So got to keep it up, though. Yeah. You know, we got we to start running the ball better. I yes. mean, that's the thing I want to see. Shots practicing. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if he's going to play or not this week, but I saw he was in the two deep, so you got to think he's going to play some. And, uh, you know, work him back in, and let's get some continuity with this uh, with this offensive line and get Tyler Goodson loose a few times. And uh, Ivory Kelly Martin looked good, too. He did. So I think uh, – my fears at running back, I was like, yeah, okay, you got Goodson. He can't carry it 30 times. Um, doesn't need to now, right? No, not at so, all. So uh, I, I think we've we got some good depth there. Let's get our offensive line solidified, and then I feel like we got all uh, a lot of good things going on offense, and I think Spencer will continue to play better and better. You know, you, you, you talk about that offensive line and getting Kyler shot back. That's going to be a huge help. He's a veteran. He's played a lot of games, and you mentioned him as a run blocker. That's going to go a long ways. And it still does feel like they're they're just searching for that right combination. Mason Richmond, I've been really impressed at times with him, but he's still a freshman out there. Same thing with Connor Colby. True freshman out there, playing a lot of snaps. These are something that you don't see often. Nick DeYoung, he's out there at right tackle. He's a walk-on, a redshirt sophomore. He's been around the program a little bit longer, but still, you're talking about a really young group. And you talk about that melding of the group together. That's what makes this really exciting here. Because you look at that depth chart, Earn a ton of seniors. I mean, th- this team, it's built not just for this year, but it's built for success for the next couple of years. I just got to keep taking care of business. Well, and that and that was what I was jabbing a, a few of my uh, of my uh, my Cyclone fan buddies with. You don't get us this year. Right. It's going to be a while, right? Yeah. And that's what they said. Oh, we're going to get you this year. Mm-hmm. This is our year. Blah blah blah. You know, not to rub it in on them at all because we know that comes around both ways. But, uh, man, yeah, it was uh, – this team looks looks like Kirk's got a, a nice continuation plan going mm-hmm. and and we should continue to look good for the future. It's fun to see what this program is and, and going back to what it was a year ago in June. Now, the national narrative that was out there about the program and what happened and, and what it is today and then ranked in the top five and it looked like it wasn't just window dressing. And that's another great component to Kirk Ferentz. It wasn't just that – yeah, I'm going to listen, but nothing's going to happen. He went out there. He figured out what was wrong inside his football program, and he worked to fix it. And, and in some crazy way, I think it's a rallying point. I think this team is really tight. I think they're really together. I don't think the racial issues pull them apart. I think they got some uh, things out mm-hmm. that apparently needed to get out, and they needed to talk about and talk through, and now they pulled themselves together. And, uh, man, <laughs> once again, wait. I would never imagine this start, not not just winning two games, but dominating in both games. And ranked number five. And ranked number five in the country. 
That's right. Well, Joe, we're running out of time. It was a fun show today. Great to hear from Chuck Long, obviously, and relive once again the Cyhawk game. Really enjoyed that, and <laughs> I can do that a few more times, oh, certainly. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go home and watch it again, yeah. just for fun. <laughs> it's it, it's it. that good. I did the exact same thing, watched it on Sunday night, and uh, yeah, maybe another viewing before we get around to Saturday, but there is a game Saturday, and it's Kent State. So prediction time, putting you on the spot. What do you see coming out with the 2.30 kickoff on Saturday. Well, I think the easy prediction is we're going to trounce them, we're mm-hmm. the better team, blah, 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 it's going to be hot, all those all those things, right? But if you really look at it from a, a perspective, I think it would be good for this to uh, be a little bit of a football game, at least early, maybe even get a little bit behind, and, and have to do some things. Like mm-hmm. Chuck just said, get some confidence going that our offense can really run the ball, they can really throw the ball, and they can do some things good. We know we got a great defense, we know we got a great punter, we got a good field goal kicker. Just need to go out and execute on on those two components, and then we got to get better running the ball. So, I, I, I'm not. I don't think we're gonna. gonna I, Kirk doesn't run the score up on people. He mm-hmm. doesn't do any of that, even if it was, uh, you know, a total mismatch. So, I, I think it's gonna be something we wear him down, and uh, you know, I, I, I'm gonna say 31 to 10. 31 like 10. Well, that's a golden flash cover, as you know. I do the gambling side of things for us mm-hmm. at Hawkeye Nation. So, uh, for me, Hawks get a cover here. 37-14, three field goals from Shudak, three offensive touchdowns, two in the passing game, one in the running game for Goodson, and let's make it three weeks in a row with a defensive touchdown. Why not? Love it. I love it. 37-14. Hawks win, and they cover and get the victory to move 2-3-0. Joe, we will do it again next week, Thursday night. Andrew Downs will be back from his vacation. We'll hear some fishing stories. We'll see if he's got <laughs> pictures to go along with him up there in the hinterlands of Canada. A lot of fun tonight, Joe. All right, good time, a lot of fun. Make sure uh, you catch the game. Get over to Kinnick Stadium, fans. Get over there, watch a football game. Good one, and a good one the following week, Colorado State, Maryland after that, and then Penn State, a sold-out Penn State game. We will be back with you next week. It's Hawkeye Nation. Check out the website, HawkeyeNation.com. Thanks to everybody out there for listening in. We'll talk to you again next week. Go Hawks!